Leafs crush the Lightning to even up the series at one game apiece. Today, we'll recap the big win for you guys and look ahead to a pivotal Game 3 in Tampa Bay Saturday night. You're listening to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the April 21st edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. Also check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Um, we would really appreciate that. We got new content coming out each and every weekday. That's right, five shows a week, minimum Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time. If you consider yourself part of Leafs Nation, you got to join the Locked On Leafs family and become an everydayer of this podcast. Uh, big time response, David. A big time response. Huge, huge response. Uh, they played that like it was a game seven. We said they needed to have a bit of a game seven like attitude going into this one, and they certainly did. Yeah, I mean that that game really was going to be all about how it started, and it started perfectly for Toronto. I don't think you could have scripted a better first period, realistically, right? I think Austin Matthews, you know, and Mitch Marner, they start the game themselves, and Mitch Marner draws a penalty like. 30 seconds into the game, basically 40 seconds, I think. And then they score like five seconds into the power play. And next thing you know, you're less than a minute into the game and it's one, nothing. It, what was weird about tonight's game is how eerily similar it was to game one, just the complete opposite script. Yeah. But it's like Toronto got off to a, a, you know, scored a goal early in the game and then they got a second goal. And then next thing you know, it was three, nothing by the end of the first period. And then they kind of started to pile on in the second and then both teams kind of traded a goal in the third period, but it was already curtains by that point. It was very similarly reminiscent to, to game one. But, of course, this is this time around, Toronto ends up with a 7-2 win instead of the 7-3 loss. It, it was When you bring up how similar it was, I saw this tweet from David Alter, and it said, <laughs> last night through two, uh, the last game through two periods, Samson off 23 saves on 29 shots. Through two periods, Andre Vasilevsky, 23 saves on 29 shots. There you go. And that that is insane. I mean, the Leafs got seven past Vasilevsky. If that doesn't inspire confidence in Leafs Nation that this guy's beatable, and not you're not going to get seven on that guy probably again in this series, but through two games, you, you've put 10 past him. He's beatable this year. And that blue line is is putrid right now. I mean, with no headman tonight, Chernak's out for the time being. That's a very thin blue line group. We saw it tonight. They got kind of picked on a little bit by Toronto, and that was that's what they had to do tonight. And um, I, I thought that it, it really made it difficult for, for Vasilevsky. I mean, I thought that he struggled with his rebound control also. Like, he was a little off tonight, but 
what this tells me is, man, it might be beatable going forward. So Toronto can just stick to the similar game plan that they had going into tonight, you know, forechecking, putting a lot of pressure, you know, getting pucks in deep and then, you know, working their way down walls and, and just getting pucks on, on net and shooting low, creating rebounds. That's how this team's going to end up winning games, right? So uh, I thought that they executed exactly what they wanted to do pretty much from the get-go. Terrific first period. Samsonov made a couple of big stops early, and that kind of settled him, I thought. He was far better. I was speaking to him. Well, I was with the rest of the media contingent speaking to him after the game. And, you know, he even said himself, like, he was nervous in the first game, his first, you know, playoff game as a Maple Leaf. But then definitely coming into tonight didn't feel the same nerves and was definitely more settled. And you could tell right away. I mean, that guy was way more dialed in. Um, and, and it showed and it helped this, this Maple Leafs team, you know, build that lead and then really was able to establish it as the game progressed. But overall, man, I, I got to tip my cap to the team as a whole. I thought everybody stepped up big and not just offensively, but defensively and also from a physicality perspective as well. Yeah. They didn't back down. We knew Tampa was going to Tampa knows that the Leafs are going to outskill them just because of how the lineups are constructed and that bottom six is all meant to be the disruptor like they were going to try to do whatever they can to throw the Leafs off their game physically and the Leafs are just like we're not going to take it nope and that was that was huge especially in that third period what a gong show not only on the ice but off the ice too okay so I didn't like could you see what was happening from where you were sitting because we were both at the game I was up in the press box and you were sitting in the seats could you see exactly what was going on? Because, I I mean, it was in front of me, but it was down low. Yeah. And by the time I figured out that there was a, something happening, it was kind of done. And I think security was already escorting that person in, in yellow gone. But, like, what exactly happened? Yeah, so when Janot went to the penalty box, the guy in the yellow sweater, who is now the most famous man in Toronto right now, yeah, uh, got up. Like, they were going at it. Um, and he but got, it was just a screaming, like it was just chirping, right? Like, yeah, the guy kind of climbed up on the glass to get like to really because you know, the glass sometimes you can't hear, so I yeah, it was out. almost like a Ty Domi situation. Yeah. It was, I watched the lawsuit, like, basically, yeah. at that point. <laughs> One but of my I, what I was trying to figure out was like, he didn't throw like beer at him or anything like that. I didn't see that, no, okay. I didn't see that. Um, what about the second time around when then like Corey Perry started getting into it and like was pointing to a fan saying, get that guy out of here. Like even that was like, what is going on here with these well, fans? My, my favorite person was the lady, lady just smashing the glass and just giving it to Janone and people just like, well, what are you going to do with it? You can't do anything. Like she's not doing anything wrong. You're allowed no. to get glass. Um, yeah. The Corey Perry one was also interesting too, because it was almost like, it became a run. Like everyone decided to meet up in front of the penalty box and just decide they were all going to give Corey Perry crap. The, I mean, the on top of the, everyone in Scotia being at Karina cheering Perry, Corey Perry sucks. Perry sucks. Yeah. Perry that sucks. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I, I just think that the, the lightning players, even from the very start of the game, they were off their game in that, you know, they were complaining for calls. There were a lot of complaints. There was a lot of time spent with lightning players talking to the refs in this one. And yeah, they were way too focused on things that were going on around them rather than what was happening on the ice in this one. 
Yeah. One other thing that I want to touch on before we get to our, our three starts of the game and, and start to break things down a little more is um, we definitely criticized Sheldon Keefe for his performance that he had in game one. A, not having his team prepared is 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 on the coach. And then, you know, his, his insistence on line matching throughout the game and especially early on, I felt that it really kind of killed the vibe and rhythm of, of his star players. And, you know, it was just kind of uh, nonsense what was going on it, tonight. I like the fact that he was he was on the offensive and and right from the jump. Right. We know how things work out. The opposing team submits their opening night lineup first and then the home team gets to submit their counter lineup. And the fact that Sorelli was on the board for the Tampa Bay Lightning to come out right at the puck drop. And he went with Austin Matthews line and said, I'm going to challenge Austin or we're going to challenge together that Sorelli line without Hedman back there as a last line of defense. Good luck. We're coming at you. And they did. And it was a very, very successful night. I would say with, uh, with that line taken on Anthony Sorelli and, uh, I'm just checking right now to see exactly what their final tally was for uh, for minutes, but they played against one another. So he was the highest forward that he played against tonight, seven minutes and 25 seconds of five-on-five five ice time that um, Matthews played against Anthony Sorelli. So there was no backing down and had an 87% expected goals um, in, that, in, in tonight's game, 87% against Anthony Sorelli. He took it to him. He challenged him and said, you're going to play against this guy. You're going to be better than this guy. Make sure you go out there and do it. And he did right from puck drop throughout the entire game. I I think that's a big time confidence booster for him and should be for the Maple Leafs because that takes away one of the matchups that Sheldon Cooper, um, Sheldon Cooper, what is this? Big Bang Theory? (laughs) Big Bang Theory? That John Cooper, uh, Sheldon Keefe and John Cooper. It's uh, Anyways. John Cooper takes away, you know, one of his matchups that he probably was thinking that he thought would probably work in game three. Well, I wouldn't be so confident anymore because they got jobbed when they kind of punched him in the mouth in game two. Yeah, no, for sure. And John Cooper even said after the game, like they were asking, oh, was it more? I guess, I mean, you would probably know exactly what the question was, but talking about the least. Yeah. The change that's with three centers. I actually thought it was a pretty good question. Luke Fox asked the question. I thought it was actually My pretty boy, good. Luke. That's your boy, Luke Fox. Absolutely. Shout out. He asked the question, like, how different is it defending when you know they go three centers deep like that? And in a very cocky response, John Cooper said, Well, don't we have three centers as well? Like, what yeah, what I three centers are you referring to? And it's like take- but. He said, "What well, I would take point Sorelli and who was the third one that he named? Paul. Yeah, he said Paul. that like a- after this, like his yeah. his initial response was like, don't we have three centers too? Like what what three centers doesn't every team have? Or no, I think what he said was, isn't there four centers? I think every team has four. And then he's like, look, I'll take point Sorelli and Paul on my team any day against anyone in the league. Yeah, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't." Personally, as good as those guys are, I mean, in terms of just 
flat out skill. I mean, you could talk about intangibles, the fact that those guys have gone on and won Stanley Cups. Yeah. Um, yeah, at least the, the the two of them, Nick Paul going to a cup final last year with them. Yeah, sure. They've got those intangibles and that experience. So and, and it's it's his guy, of course. What else is he gonna say? Yeah, exactly. But uh I would say that uh Matthews, Tavares, and Ryan O'Reilly probably the three deepest center core in the NHL, I would say right now. So that's uh definitely uh it's uh, an interesting answer he decided to give on that question. But what do you expect? Uh what do you expect from that guy? I didn't expect anything less. I mean, he's very much calculated with everything he says in the media. He's not gonna give Sheldon Keefe any flowers or credit for that adjustment. Nope. Instead, he's going to try and deflect and just say, nah, I mean, my players are the best. I'll take them any day. Really? Any day, any game, any time. How about tonight when they beat the crap out of you 7-2 with that configuration? You, you still want them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Dave? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know what you're saying. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. We can continue recapping the 7-2 win for Toronto as they even up the series as it heads to Tampa Bay. Uh, we'll also get to our three stars and tee up game three as well, which is coming down on Saturday. So we'll tee that up for you as well. Uh, before we continue, though, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors. And it's our good friends at eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check marks that you know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors, confidence is key. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Locked On At Least podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. I've got my co-host Dave Morissuti with me. We're reacting to a Maple Leafs 7-2 clobbering over the Tampa Bay Lightning. A terrific game for uh for toronto before getting to the three stars um is there anything else that you wanted to uh make sure that you did note on tonight's game i mean the crowd was amazing mm. like, the crowd was really good um shout out to the guy sitting right beside me he was just like because he heard me say oh i see mike because i was talking to my sister who brought me to the game shout out to her for bringing me to the game yes no way i was going to that game without her <laughs> giving me the ticket and the guy's just like, wait, are you Dave? I'm like, no way. We had a locked on listener sitting right beside me for a good chunk of the game. And he was just like, until he said he wasn't sure until I said your name that he's like, oh, wait. Yeah, I listen to you guys every day. Oh, nice. He's an everydayer. This he's guy's an everydayer, part of the locked on family. Love it. Shout out to the guy. Did you get his name? Yeah, Sahil. Sahil? Yeah. Shout out Sahil. Shout out. Thank you for being an everyday and listening to the show. We love to hear it. Um, but yeah, man, like the, the the crowd was great tonight, right from puck drop. They had to be, obviously. But what it is is the Maple Leafs let them stay great. Like 
the crowd was just as loud in game one, probably louder to be honest with you to start game one. But then what happened, right? Pat Maroon shoved in a rebound a minute in some odd seconds into the game. And that took the wind out of the sails. The Toronto did not let that happen. They let the atmosphere start high and continue to build. It was great. And then the fight started and, you know, you got Luke Shen feeding dudes their lunch money at Justin Hall. Drop Geo. When Geo fought, that place oh, erupted. Yeah. Geo. Geo. I heard that. We yeah, started. dude. There was the Geo chants were coming down. I mean, it, what was funny about that is I didn't realize until I saw the replay. Because, like, there's so much going on in, when there's, like, big line brawl scrums like that. They don't really see everything at once, so you had to catch a replay. I didn't realize that he originally was trying to fight Belmar. I think Belmar was up for it as well. And then Bogosian just came in and was like, nope, I'm fighting you. So literally, Gio tosses his gloves. Belmar went to do the same and said, Gio says, nope, or, or Bogosian, nope, I'm fighting. And all of a sudden, it's Bogosian versus Gio, and Gio's feeding that guy right it was yeah Bogosian had a rough night in a lot of ways and i was very happy about that yeah he definitely definitely did Uh, a lot of guys on that team did like i said it's it's literally the i guarantee you adam danker locked on lightning if you guys go listen to his show i bet you he's saying a lot of the similar things that we said after game one about his players in game two because it honestly was just like a carbon copy of each game just the script was flipped it was toronto who was the best team tonight and tampa who played maybe one of their worst games i would imagine uh you know one of at least uh on the year um let's get into our three stars of the game dave and, and it, it was so hard for me to come up with just three guys i didn't even cheat this time dave i didn't i didn't even cheat i know i could have cheated actually i'm going to cheat just so you know uh, on the fly, I, I, because I realized I forgot somebody in my three stars, so I am gonna cheat. Uh, but let's start with uh, the third star, as as usual. Who are you giving it to? I'm cheating right off the hop. I'm gonna go with the third line of Nyes, O'Reilly, and Achari. Dude, pretty good. Matthew Nyes should never sit unless he has an absolute train wreck of a game, because that dude deserved to play in the playoffs. I had a question for you. And it might, it's it's a bit of a toughie. If Michael Bunting only was suspended for one game, oh. would he be back in the lineup for game three? Man, I just don't know how you can take Matthew Nyes out. He looked so good. He looked so dangerous. And you know what? He was pretty good on both ends of the ice. That's the other thing. Yeah, he did. He made a couple of really nice plays. Did definitely make some nice stick plays. And If he yeah. scored on that one chance that he, I think it was Perbix, remember the the Norris guy, that Norris Trophy winner that we were all talking about. Oh, the next next Lidstrom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, got his jockstrap turned around by Nyes and then takes it to the net, almost scores on, and Vasilevsky made a beautiful save. Yeah. If he scored on that, the place would, ha- like, it was loud. I think the, the roof would have gone off of Scotiabank Arena at that point. Yeah, probably. Would. Like, that That was the only thing that it really was missing was a goal from Matthews. I'm I'm bored. Yeah, I'm a little pissed with Kerfoot on that one because there was a chance for Nice to score in this game. I mean, there was the, the funny part is there was chances for you know a few guys to score oh, yeah. throughout this game. If like I remember, there was a chance Kerfoot he could have put it back door for for Tavares on one of the plays, and he just didn't. He took a shot on goal and you know got swallowed up by the tendy. And I was like, oh, backdoor tap in for 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 
Tavares on the rush, but ah, say la vie. They scored seven anyway, so let's not be too picky about uh, you know about about what uh, that guy could or could not have done. Um, so you're asking me if I were to take somebody out, if Bunting were to go back in, it would be Kerfoot. <laughs> really. Kerfoot was decent tonight, I will say. Defensively, he was good. But if you if, if Sheldon Keefe is admin on getting Bunting back in, I just don't know how you can take that Matthew Nyes out after a game like that. Well, you're not even considering, like, Lafferty or, or Zach Asenreis? You could. Yeah, you definitely could. I like, think- I think those guys would be ahead of Kerfoot. Like, Kerfoot's probably the fourth or fifth guy on the list, too. Comes yeah. out of the game. Aston Reese, you, I mean, he scored as well. The I, it, I thought they actually had a really solid game. Like that fourth yeah. line had a really, really good game. They had they tough matchups, too. They really played. tough matchups, and they spent a lot of time in the offensive end, too. Like it was honestly a, a terrific game out of those guys. I, I thought that they played um, fantastic, and, and they got rewarded with a goal. Zach Aston Reese, you know, like all three of those guys combined on that goal. Lafferty did the work in, you know, in the corner. Rock the puck out, and then Camp gets a shot on net, and then you know, following up on the on the uh, the rebound was was um, Zach Aston Reese, and that's how you're going to score goals from the fourth line. That's how you know Perry and and Maroon score their goals most of the time. So that's how you're going to need to do that and get those goals. So mm-hmm. I did think that they had a, a really good game too. They, those were guys who I was thinking like an honorable mention as the fourth line. So I'm glad we got it in there as a, an honorable mention. But so who's, um, your, who's your third star? Yeah, I'm. I'm probably. I, I, this might surprise you. This might surprise you a little bit. Um, but I actually thought that Justin Hall had a pretty good game. Uh, in particular, the first the first couple periods, I thought he had a good game. I, I liked the first period especially. He was somebody who, uh, when they really needed him to come through, when it was still a, an attainable game for Lightning to get back into on the power play came up with not one but two big time blocks and he also made a really good stick play to break up a rush chance as well so those three plays uh individually in the in the first period when the game was very much still up for grabs despite the start that Toronto was uh, was having like those were some big big plays and and I think that he you know deserves to get his flowers cuz we sat here and we dumped on him after game 1 where he was awful you know he was on the ice for six goals it's it's inexcusable you know, when you when you do that, it was a you know a bad night, but ultimately uh, he he bounced back pretty well. I thought. I know he was on the ice for a goal, but I still think that he bounced back and and had a pretty good game, all things considered. Um, so I did want to give him a little bit of love with my third star. Yeah, I thought he was. I think his value was on the penalty kill in this game. I thought. Yeah. That, you know. Yeah. There's still some of those Justin Hall moments, but they didn't cost the Leafs really, and even on the goal. It wasn't all his fault, you know. Nylander kind of overplayed the over was overcompensating a bit in the defensive zone, and that let Ian Cole get free. Yeah, I mean Ian Cole's not Hall's guy, right? Like ultimately, but no, he's not. The defenseman, if you have a defenseman covering a defenseman in the defensive zone, there's something wrong with your coverage there. So (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, I know I didn't. I like again, there was moments, but I thought. Overall, it was a good bounce back game for him. For sure. Couldn't get any worse after game one. The first period, um, he had an expected goals for highest on the team at 96%. Justin Hall did at five on five. And that's at five on five. And we just talked about how 
a lot of what he did tonight was noticeable on the power on the on the penalty kill. Played pretty well at five on five uh, as well. The numbers started to go down as the game wore on, um, but I still think that he definitely can build off of the performance that he had uh, in tonight's game. All right, your second star, Dave. Uh, little background story. This shirt, I was debating what my fit was going to be for tonight. I saw this shirt. I'm like, I need to manifest something. I need to get someone's got to get their coffiners going. I'm gonna see if I can turn around. You can see who I got on the back here. Oh, that's also my second star, Dave. Mr. Morgan Riley. Uh, he's been getting dumped on all season long. He comes out. He's like, you know what? Team needs a little bit of a boost, especially offensively. Four assists. What a night for Morgan Riley. Yeah, he was dancing, man. He he really was dancing tonight. I, I thought that he was excellent. Obviously, he was someone who I also you know have in my uh, as as my one of my top guys tonight. And when Morgan Riley is playing like that, when he's activating in the offensive end and he's making those crisp passes and you know setting guys up that way, dude. The the amount of um, like it just makes them so much better. You know what I mean? Like legitimately, it, it makes them so much more dangerous. That's what I was looking for. It just adds another element to, to their game, and it makes that offense that much more dangerous when he's doing stuff like that. Like think back to the the second goal where they win the um, – was that the one where they won the – yeah, they, they snap back the face off, and he goes down the wall and then gets it to Tavares for the second goal, right? And then the fourth goal, you know, a nice little play – Coming up with speed, a little give and go with the Willie. He could get, you know, kind of deflects it on net, and then Tavares finishes it off with another little rebound there. And I just thought that he was excellent all night long. Played well defensively too. Like he, he wasn't someone who I was looking at, you know, and and saying, man, he's at position, or ah, I wish that he would have done this, done that. Gapped up well. Uh, he was staying on top of pucks. Um, Morgan Riley probably had one of his best games of the season tonight, and he couldn't have picked a better time to do it. I, I just hope that he can build off it and continue to do it in games three through however many there are, because they're going to need it. They are going to need it um, because when he can play at his best, he is a really good defenseman and he is a, a good piece of this offense. And based off of that, I mean, he's obviously a defenseman, but he can, he can just give you a completely new dimension on your team when he's playing that high level of hockey and I thought that he definitely was that tonight. Yeah. All four of his assists were primary assists. Yeah. And his mom and dad were in the building tonight. They were in nice. town to watch. Nice. Nice. Um, Good to see. I know Tavares too, like post game, he Tavares was asked about, uh, about Riley. And it was funny because, you know, in the playoffs, they do like the players sit beside each other to do their press conferences. So it was O'Reilly and Tavares and, and I, O'Reilly does not like to be talked about. He's a very humble person. So when he heard the question about uh, asking Tavares to explain what makes O'Reilly so good on nights like this, he uh, he was getting so flustered. It was kind of funny to see. But, you know, Tavares is just talking about how, like, the guy just continues to – when he's moving his feet and he's bringing the puck up the ice, he's transporting it from the defensive end. Up to the forwards, up to the offense, just getting the puck out of the zone really, really quickly. And then often, you know, skating it up there himself and, and providing that little extra 
you know, offense by, by, you know, having an extra body uh, out there in the offensive end. So especially off the rush and, uh, you know, tonight he was really, really good. All right. Uh, first star of the game. Well, he's, 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 he's sitting right. He's, he's right behind me right over there. Is it the captain? Is, are you going with the captain? Oh, how could you not go with the captain? <laughs> I know what the a- cheat, the cheat could be, you know, the core four. That that that's the cheat. Like all the big boys came to play tonight. Let's be honest. They did. They, did. they all came to play. I thought Willie was really good. He was dancing. You know, Marner and Matthews, they were solid tonight. But obviously the the guy who really got it done tonight was the captain, John Tavares. A hat trick. Hats rained down for about 47 minutes. It was actually annoying how long we had to wait to get the puck drop because Hats just kept coming. The refs were just like at one point, like, guys, just drop the damn Literally, hat. just drop it. Then they'll stop throwing hats. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It was crazy how long it took for them to, to get going because people were just throwing hats. It's like, hey, come on. It's it's if you missed out on it on it, like that's that's your your Once, business. I, I, I'm on those that they start like if the face-off's being brought together, a guy's yeah. ready to line it up. Don't throw your hat. You're you done. lost out on a chance to toss it. That's it. But uh hey. Dude was unbelievable tonight. All over it. All over it tonight. And best game I have seen him play in a Leaf sweater. Yeah. And I think this was his best game as a Leaf. Man, it was a good time to have it. Good freaking time to have it, that's for sure. If that if that's a John Tavares we're gonna see in the playoffs, oh boy, a lot of teams are gonna have a lot of trouble. Cause it was like Nylander was so good. And teams are like, oh, we got to pay attention to Nylander. And Tavares is like, okay, so that means I'm going to get all the all the rebounds and all the chances in front. Like, what a what a night for him. Like, it was just – it was nice to see because we hadn't seen that from him in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was – that was that – like, was that his staple game? I guess you would say that probably. The staple game of, of, you know, his career so far, whether it's on the power play or at five on five, like – you know, I thought that uh, he, he certainly had a big night, you know, with the hat trick, obviously, in, in leading this team. But, uh, Dave, it's it really, at this point, you know, just like game one, you, you kind of flushed the performance down uh, down the toilet. It didn't matter. It was all about what happened in game two. And now, unfortunately, as, as sweet as that victory was, you got to kind of flush the performance down uh, down the the toilet again because game three buckle up man you're not gonna have the same depleted and and battered and and really crappy bolts team that you played at home in game two it's gonna be another challenge for game three so why don't we take one more break we'll come back and we'll uh we'll kind of turn the page onto saturday night and and help tee up game three between the Leafs and the Lightning. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Studios into Locked On These Podcasts, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs Podcast. You hear that? The, 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 oh, the I siren? Hear. You yeah. hear the sirens? Is that, I for, wonder... is that for one of the – is that for the Tampa Bay Lightning? Or did they call an ambulance to try to – Well, I think Corey Perry was, like, beating up some homeless people out there because, you know, he just is a massive villain. And uh, he just wants to go beat people up for no reason, like we saw happen in the third period. Maybe Pat Maroon might might be joining him as well. Potentially a Tanner Janot could be could be in the mix too. You know, there's a bunch of guys out there that I wouldn't doubt that they're beating up homeless people in the city of Toronto because that's just 
you know, the type of people that they seem to be. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see that when Patrick Maroon got that inner, like, hit, uh, I think it was Justin Hall behind yeah. him in the first period. No call, no call whatsoever. Does the same exact thing in the third period to William Nylander, and it's like, yeah, no, you're gone. The officiating in this series has been, uh, it's been interesting. I mean, obviously, game one was a mess in terms of terrible calls. I thought they let a little bit more stuff go today, but there were still a couple things where it's like, nah, really? Like like that Matthew Nye's penalty to start the game, I thought that was a little ticky-tacky. Like, I, didn't, I didn't like that too much. I thought that was uh, you know unfair on the kid. There's another one that uh, that I, I do remember being like, that's ah, pretty soft. Can't recall which one it was right now, but there was a couple of soft calls. But either way, man, it it, it, it didn't matter. It turned out that uh, the Maple Leafs are able to kill off, you know, those power plays. And, you know, they were able to build momentum off them anyways when they did take the penalty. So that was definitely a good thing. And that's something they got to carry into game three. I think that you look at the special team success that they were able to have tonight. Um, and that's exactly what this team's going to have to do moving forward. Special teams is so important in the playoffs. I'm telling you, man, like it's, it really is sometimes the difference between winning and losing a series. Um, and, Cause that's exactly how they got on the board tonight to, to start things off. Right. They won that game and, or they would, they, they earned that first power play and then they were able to go in there and then they were able to score and they just kept going. Ended up with what two, three power play goals tonight. I want to say, uh, two for sure. Yeah, and then they killed off. Actually, I have the event summary. I can pull it up literally right now, and I can see for sure one, two. Yeah, so they they scored two goals on the power play, and they didn't allow a, a single goal on the penalty kill after allowing four the night before. So that that to me was a big difference in tonight's game was the success in special teams. And they got to carry that over to game three as well. They do. And what they need to also carry over to game three in the second period, there might have been like a good like four to five minute stretch where the Leafs just stayed in the lightning zone. Yes. And the cheers and applause because the Leafs, I don't know how the Leafs did not score in that for that time period because they were all over Tampa. If well, you take that and you do that in Tampa, like th- that's the stuff that has to carry over. It's hard to carry over momentum and things from game to game, but that this to be able to see it means that they this team can do it and they should be able to. What's funny is like I I know you're talking. It was like midway through the second period. Like the Matthews line came out. They had some great pressure against Sorelli and Sergachev, and then it rolled into Ryan O'Reilly, Tavares, and Nylander, and they just continued to apply yeah. pressure. And then uh, it, it, they didn't score. Tampa withstood it, and actually yeah, they yeah, ended up scoring fun. right after. That was the Incola goal that he ended up scoring was like after four minutes of pure pressure and all of a sudden they finally get the puck out and they go and they score and they make it three, one. It's like, okay, the next goal is going to be huge. And then they did end up, uh, Nylander ends up, um, you know, helping out getting that goal over to Tavares and boom goes the dynamite as, uh, as they say, that was it. That was game over curtains. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. So special teams, definitely uh something that they got to do for game three all right what uh what else are you keying in on for the maple Leafs in game numero three 
Well, you got to think about now the sh- series shifts to Tampa. So you're going to like now that the lineup is in a better spot, you're you're basically saying to Tampa, it doesn't matter who you're throwing over the boards. We can match up with any line you're going to throw out there. So I think that's got to that mindset needs to continue in game three. And on top of that, it's in Tampa. You're not going to have the home crowd. So you're going to have to take that crowd out early. Yeah. The start. We've now realized how important the start is for the Leafs. Yes. They, yeah. They get off to a good start. They don't have to score in the first minute. Be nice. They don't necessarily have to, but you got to weather that storm in the first 10 minutes and give yeah. yourself every chance to make sure the lightning don't grab momentum early. Well, that's where Samsov's going to have to come up big. And I think this has to be a game where I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction. The Leafs won't win this game. Or the only way that the Leafs actually win this game, rather, I'll, I'll phrase it this way: the only way the Leafs win this game is if Samsonov steals it. Yeah. Because I, I, I <laughs> go look at the statistics of Andre Vasilevsky after a loss in the playoffs. Yeah, I, Alish Horfar uh, tweeted. She says, "Don't Google it." And, and guess what? How many people do you think Googled it <laughs> after after that loss? Do you have the actual numbers? Do you have the number? You know, I, I, don't, I don't have it. Uh, I can get in two seconds, but uh, I'm pretty sure last year in the playoffs, he was 17 and 0 following a loss in the playoffs. Um, they didn't lose 17 times in the last, not, not last year alone in the, like the three year run of Andre. Vasquez. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh no, because he lost one game because they lost back to back games in Colorado. That's when it ended. Yeah, so he went like seventeen straight games where they didn't lose two in a row. So that's where you're looking, and you're like, okay, you know that Andre Vasilevsky after giving up seven seven goals in the game in game two, you're not gonna have that same luxury in game number three. That guy's gonna be on the top of his game, I believe, and goals are gonna be really hard to come by which means Ilya Samsonov, I'm really circling him. This is one where he's got to steal. Like I, I've always believed that really in order for the Maple Leafs to truly like, truly win this, this series, Samsonov was always going to have to steal a game. It was always going to have to happen. Whether they won, you know, one in five, six, seven, I still believe that, that Sammy was going to have to steal a game. And to me, going into Tampa for game three, coming off of this bad of a loss, I feel like this is the one. This is the moment where Samsonov comes up big, has to come up big, um, and ultimately puts Toronto up 2-1 and takes away home ice advantage, which is now, you know, in Tampa's court, right? Tampa right now, they've got three games at home. Toronto only has two more games left on home ice. So you go in, you get that game three victory, you go up 2-1, you take away home ice advantage, and all of a sudden, you're leading the victory and maybe a little bit of doubt starts to creep up into Tampa's mind. Maybe they start to think maybe we are hitting a wall. I mean, if, if they give up another three, four or five goals, I mean, that's, that's not, that's very uncharacteristic of the Tampa Bay lightning, but guess what? We watched it happen tonight. It's very possible to do. Uh, it's going to be extremely difficult to do, especially on the road. And I would imagine Hedman will also be returning in that game because boy, did they ever miss him? Like, a 50% headman is still better than Bogosian and friggin' um, Hayden Flurry. So, like he just is. 
So this sweet this was from last year. So this was I think after the game one loss. This is this was Andre Vasilevsky's numbers since 2020. 17 and 0, a 1.47 goals against average, and a 9.42 save save percentage with five shutouts. That was heading into so May 12th. That would have been after game five. Yeah, it was after one of those. Uh, so that would have been going into game six. Yeah. Yeah. So that was going into game six. And I think it got better as the playoffs went along, but like that was one of them. Well, he won game six, so he went 18 0. Like that did add to it, and he was yeah. unreal in that game also. So, yeah, definitely uh, it added to that. I think that that streak did get broken in the, in the cup final. They did lose back to back games, I remember, in, in Colorado because they went in what five, right? So they had to be a back to back game. Um, but either way, I still think that he's going to be really freaking good because it's Andre Vasilevsky. Like, that guy's the best goalie on the planet for a reason. And, you know, is Samsonov as good as him? No. No, no, he's not. But can he be as good as him? I mean, the way he played tonight was pretty freaking awesome. If he could just replicate that, I think that the Maple Leafs have a pretty good shot. I mean, they did a good job of also just not allowing a whole lot in front of him, too. That, that certainly helps compared to how much they did not protect the net in game one. I think they only had what seven high danger chances. Uh, yeah. That's seven high danger chances. The entire game at five on five tonight, only seven. It's crazy. They had a 1.48 expected goals at five on five. So there wasn't a whole lot, not a whole lot, even on the, they didn't have a single high danger chance on the power play. That's, that's actually kind of impressive and, and, crazy now i look at it not a single high danger chance given up on the on the power play so throughout the entire game he only faced seven high danger chances that's on the defense the defense played very very well tonight um that includes the forward supporting as well uh, overall great game by the maple Leafs. pretty much going forward maybe play like that from the get-go it'll probably win a lot of games just saying play with that type of intensity that type of physicality, that type of playmaking, that type of finishing, the puck battles that were being won on a consistent basis to keep play alive in the ozone, to keep pressure on those young defensemen and those inexperienced defensemen. You know, those that's what this this team has to do going forward, ultimately. And they will win this series. If they continue to play the way they did tonight, there's no doubt in my mind. The Toronto Maple Leafs are winning this freaking series. No doubt in my mind. And there's nothing that makes you think they can't do it because it didn't. It wasn't like they played. They played. They played great, but they didn't do anything extra special. Like, oh, we've never seen the Leafs do this before. Yeah, do this before. That's the crazy part. It's just we got to see it on a consistent basis, guys. They just played their game. Yeah. I think they, they, they really did. Now, they were a little – I mean, we've never seen three fights in a game before. No. There was far more physicality and hatred in this game, and that's, you know, what you expect to see of the playoffs. And they were they were there. They answered the bell, and it's exactly what you wanted to see, right? They wanted to see that type of pushback. They even said, we need up the physicality in this game. That's what they said ahead of game number two this morning. And, uh, well, mission accomplished. And guess what happened? Walked away with the victory. Series all tied up. Now you head down to uh, down to Tampa Bay. And hopefully they can pick up a win down there and 
come back with either a 3-1 or another tied series. But if they can pick up a win down there, then they reclaim home ice advantage. And that is going to be the goal uh, when uh, when they come back to Toronto for game number five, which is guaranteed, by the way. Game five is now guaranteed. So go get your tickets, everyone. Get out there. Another home game. Guaranteed another home game in Toronto. All right, buddy. Uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. We'll be back to another episode on Monday. Enjoy game number three tomorrow. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.